0: You're listening to the Happier Marriage Podcast, episode number three. Today, we are going to talk about nine tips to start building the happier marriage you always wanted. As you listen, write down the ones you think would help you have a happier marriage and make sure you bookmark this podcast as your top resource for insights on having a happier marriage. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Kingsley Grant, a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified relationship coach, and an in-demand speaker who have been married for over three decades with two adult children. I'm also the founder and CEO of Helping Families Improve, a counseling center that caters to helping families experience the life God intended for them to have. So how do we have a happier Marriage, where love, respect, and deep connection takes place. That's what you'll find out as you listen to the Happier Marriage Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of Happier Nation? Thanks for joining me today on this episode of the Happier Marriage Podcast. And like you've just heard, we're going to talk about nine tips to start building the happier marriage. Now, these are not exclusive, meaning that there's no other tips that you can hear. But I believe these nine kind of summarized, as I thought about them, what might be most helpful in building a happier marriage. And maybe you already have um, implemented some of these tips, or maybe you have not. And so as you listen, as I mentioned earlier, pay particular attention to what it is that you may need to do more of or do period so that you can have a happier marriage. Now, I know that sometimes when we hear certain things, they're easier said than done, right? But here's the thing. I believe that everything that is worth something that's important is going to take some work. And so it's not about being easier or hard. The question is: How important is having a happier marriage uh, is to you? What is? What are the benefits of having a happier marriage? When you think about your own personal relationship, your marriage, what would be different? What would be helpful? What would be better if you had a happier marriage? You know, imagine all those around you. If you have kids, your home your household, your family, your in-laws, everybody, if you had a happier marriage. Now, it's possible. Now, does it mean that you're always going to have, once you have kind of figured out what it is takes to have a happier marriage, does it mean that it's going to be that way forever? Well, I mean, it's going to have it up and down, right? But essentially, on the broad scheme of things, it would be considered a happier marriage because it's what happens that would possibly distract or um, subtract from that are are the exceptions. They're not the norm. The norm is that you're doing things each and every day that allows you to experience what you would t- call a happier marriage. Now, I've been married, as you have heard, over three decades. And I can tell you it's been an up and down thing. And But for the most part, if I zoomed out and looked across the, the, the decades of marriage, I would... Basically, tell you that if I had to pick a phrase, I would say I've had a fairly happy marriage, and because why would we be doing this for this many years? Um, we have our ups and downs, our differences, but we are my wife and I are committed to having this happier marriage, and it. I'm telling you, it makes life a whole lot easier. That's why when I say happier nation earlier, I believe that. Imagine if. If every marriage could be this way, could have a happier, uh, could experience happier relationships, happier interactions, what would that mean? What would that look like? Right? Because it spills over into the city, of the community, the city, the state, the country, and so on. And I believe that. We can, if we all work towards that, experience what I'm describing. So what are the nine tips that I believe? Now, these are not in any order, but I just kind of figure it out. What I think, the number one thing I put here is number one, I believe is one of the most essential of all the tips you're going to hear in this episode. And, and, and you'll see why I say that. So here's tip number one. Create a... And I'm going to put some air quotes here. You're not seeing me, but imagine me talking to you. And I just raise my i put air, i start quotes, and I'm just my fingers right now are in air quotes, right? So, create a we, ours, and us relationship. Create a we, ours, and us relationship. As a marriage and family therapist, I have worked with countless number of marriages with couples who are shared. And how many of them have talked about how they feel as if they have independent lives, right? They have their own this or that. And, you know, we even, I jokingly say, sometimes uh, some houses are set up this way. It's almost like they're setting you up to not have a we, ours, and us. And so you'll have his and hers bathroom or his or her sink or his or her closet. So it's almost immediately that they're starting out by saying, Hey, you don't have ours, we have yours and his and or yours and hers. Don't forget that, right? <laughs> now I know I'm I may mean, I jokingly say that I understand the idea because many times. You know, in the the closet, hers is going to be a lot more than his. I find that to be true in my own life. And many of the people and husbands I've spoken to have said the very same thing, right? They have, you know, a small little corner of the closet and their wife have the whole house. (laughs) So what happened is we need to push for a wee ours and us. Okay. Sometimes people will say, this is my account. And that's your account. I pay this bill and you pay that bill. My friend, that is still maintaining as if you are not in a marriage. Now, I know some relationships, I um, operate that way and I'm not here to say, you know, that is right or wrong. But I find that those who strive for, I mean, our, our bills, you know, this is ours. We do this together. Okay. Okay. We are the ones who are going to pay this bill together and, and begin to budget accordingly. I find that those relationships tend to have a stronger uh, fabric that holds that relationship together than those who maintain his, I mean, my account, your account. And so on. And again, I'm not. That's a whole different show. We can talk about that at some time. If you have, if you have any questions or any comment on that, I would love to hear from you about your thoughts about even your marriage. How is that set up? Do you have a we, ours, and us kind of relationship? Have you actually merged into the oneness of relationship as God says? Right. God, His intention of marriage is that a man and a woman, when they come together, they become one. He says. And they shall join together and become one. So God, who is the who is the originator, right? He's the one of um, where marriage stems from. God is the one who said, um, who created male and female and joined them together, and says, for this reason, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. One flesh, right? So God is into that idea of ours, we and us as well. And I find marriages that do that. It makes a whole world of difference. Now, tip number two, and I I won't... The reason why I took a little bit longer on this one, because I believe it was so important, I had to spend a little bit more time there. I may not do it for the rest of the eight tips. Number two, speak respectfully. Speak respectfully. It's amazing sometimes how I find... I hear how some spouses speak to one another. It's in a manner of disdain or disrespect, right? It's as if they treat the person less than rather than seeing that person created in God's image who has dignity and is a person that needs and requires that we speak respectfully to. We treat that person as if they're less than. And I find that that is one of those places where you're going to find an erosion in the relationship and it only is a matter of time before that relationship almost begin to distant, you know, begin to create distance in the relationship because they feel disrespected. So speak respectfully to your spouse at all times. Even when you're in conflict, find a way to speak respectfully, even at that time. I know it's not easy, especially at those times, but it's necessary that you become intentional and work towards that even in those times. As a matter of fact, it's better not to say much when you're upset and angry. Right? The Bible does talk about this very thing. Say It, it says we should not do anything out, anything out of anger. Okay? So we want to be very, we cannot say, oh, I was, I was upset. She upset me. He upset me. And so I, no, no. That doesn't give you the right to be disrespectful and speaking to your spouse. Number three, request and grant forgiveness often. Request and grant forgiveness often. How many times I've worked with couples and asked the question, um, did you apologize to your spouse for what you did? And they'll say, oh, I apologize. And then I ask other spouse. I said, um, did you experience an apology? Did you hear a request from that person for forgiveness? And they'll say, many times I hear, no. The person said they're sorry, but that's about it. And yet they haven't gotten past that. And what I talk about in when I share in counseling or a marriage retreat or any training I'm doing, I say that loop, that loop of the offense loop remains unclosed because it needs a request. Someone needs to say, Would you please forgive me? Now that's not easy, but it's a necessary part of the healing process. So, if you're going to be in a long-term relationship and you want to have a happier marriage, begin to request. So, if you offend your spouse at some point, maybe not at this very moment it happened, maybe a bit, you know, in between. Uh, there's maybe some space or time has passed—not days or weeks or months, but just I mean a brief time. You want to re- request forgiveness, and when that's requested, it's important that you, as a person who are asking the other person to forgive, you do it in a way the person can hear you explaining why are you, um, what are you sorry for, but also what are you wanting them to forgive you for? And here's the thing. I find sometimes a couple, uh, the other person may say, you know what? That's not genuine. That is not, it's just like he just said it. She just said it. I'm thinking, okay, so who made you God. To say to judge that person's heart, how do you know it's not genuine? Oh, it doesn't sound genuine. Well, what does sounding genuine (laughs) supposed to be like? If you're going to have a happier marriage, you've got to be able to get past some of those petty things and begin to think in a mature manner and give your spouse the benefit of the doubt that he or she is doing their best and is trying to get past where they're stuck in that relationship. Number four, speak. Kindly. That goes hand in hand with number two, about uh, speaking speak respectfully. But kindly is where kindness is not just respectful, but is in a manner, tonality. Your tone is one of kindness. It's not that you're trying to speak in a way to hurt the other person. So you could be speaking respectfully, but then you may not be kind in the presentation. You may not be kind. Now I know so it's, it's very uh, it's, it's a very close association that it's hard to say. Well, if you're speaking respectfully, that means you're also speaking kindly. M- maybe yes, but maybe no. And that's why I want to add that piece to reinforce one with the other. So it may be respectfully and kindly, or kindly and respectfully, right? They go hand in hand. But it's very important that I um, differentiate and make that distinction so you can speak kindly. Because you know what it is like to be speak kindly to your spouse, right? Or when you're being spoken unkindly to, you know what that is like. Number five, date regularly. It's amazing how many couples I've spoken to over the years that just do sporadic dating. Now, I was one of those. I I can raise my hand. I've been guilty of that. I've been guilty of not doing consistently setting a date and a time for my wife and I to go on a date regularly. And for for years in our early stages, we did it in the early part of our relationship. Then life happens. We get get so busy, we would just do it when we could. may not call it a date because we didn't plan something. We just decide to do something, go to the movies or whatever the case might be. We'll call that a date. But in recent years, I would say, uh, a bit more than recent, but we have made an intentional effort that we're gonna find a day in the week now it may not be the same day or evening it could be a date morning or a date afternoon or a date evening but pick a date pick a pick a day and pick a time that works for you it may be trial and error at first but make certain it's on the calendar and that it's a non-negotiable meaning that unless there's an emergency then that stays the calendar and everything else is built around that. How many times people will say, Yes, we have a, a date evening or date day, but then something comes up and they shift that and put something else there? No, that should be the other way around. Nothing should move that unless it's an emergency. So date regularly. Number six, always show gratitude. I cannot tell you how many couples I've spoken to who take it for granted that saying you know that they don't even say thank you i've seen it i've been out with couples sometimes you know different settings and just watch watch the interaction between the spouse the husband and the wife and one may do something for the other and i'm listening carefully to say when well, they say thank you it's almost like it's a given hey why do i need to say thank you and, and some Couples, and again, it could be something they've learned. They didn't, were not taught this way. I, I understand. But I want to say, if you want to have a happier nation I and mean, a happier marriage, my friend, and be in this happier nation, then you've got to show gratitude always. So your wife or your, or your husband did something for you, say thank you. Be gracious. Show gratitude. Say thank you. Thank you for the small things. Because get in the habit of that. What you're doing is making small deposits, and you're actually saying, "I noticed, I acknowledged, I recognized the effort, small as it may be. Thank you." You know, for example, my wife may cook, or I may cook a meal, and yes, I do cook at times. Okay, <laughs> I don't cook as often as I should. I, there was there was a time in my where I was home for many for a long time, and I would cook every single week. Because I was home and therefore I had to learn how to cook better and and, and the family loved it. They loved when I cooked. I must say that myself. But here's the thing that my wife would, if she cooked or I cooked, we would always make the effort to say thank you. Thank you for dinner. Thank you for breakfast. Thank you for lunch. Get in the habit of showing gratitude to your spouse. Okay? That is so important. Number seven disengage and re-engage from conflict situations for the sake of the relationship. Make sure that you find a way to disengage. So many couples will stay in and they're going toe to toe. I'm thinking, wait a minute. So what is it that you're trying to prove? Your your spouse, your husband is not your, your enemy. I I hope not. Your wife is not your adversary. I hope not. And, I find sometimes, for the sake of the relationship, that one person, and I would just say, hey, whoever is more mature or Christ-like, let him or her first disengage. But not just disengage in a manner, in a huff and puff, no. is letting the other person know, hey, you know, for the sake of the relationship, I need to take a walk, I need to go take a breather. And if that person requests uh, to disengage, do not be following behind them like, you know, I, no, you don't follow behind them. Let them disengage. And then if you disengage, you need to re-engage and come back to the table. But make certain that the way you disengage is not the same way you re- re-engage in that moment. You should re-engage in a manner that is more constructive and more productive than the way you disengaged from that conflict. Number eight, listen to understand. You may have heard this before, right? Many times we we don't listen to understand. We listen just to hear. We listen to wait our turn so we can jump in. As I think it was um, Stephen Covey who says, uh, first uh, learn to understand, then try to be understood, right? First be, first, learn to understand, then try to be understood understood and so many times we we want to rush past trying to understand our spouse and listening to them to understand we're listening for to jump in for a fight we're listening to see how we can actually you know have one man of ship and whatever it might be whatever that sounds whatever that means but that is where we ought to change that and number nine so Let me quit before I say number nine. Number one is create a we, ours, and us relationship. Number two, speak respectfully. Number three, request and grant forgiveness often. Number four, speak kindly. Number five, date regularly. Number six, always show gratitude. Number seven, disengage and re-engage from conflict situations for the sake of the relationship. Number eight, listen to understand. And number nine, as much as possible, Keep an updated calendar. What do I mean by that? How often have I spoken to couples who will say, you know, they expected their spouse to be somewhere. And for some reason, very valid, legitimate, make sense reason, they had to shift and go someplace else. But that person didn't know that they had to go someplace else and they didn't inform their spouse. Hey, can I tell you, I was guilty of that. I've been guilty of that. But I have made it very important intention my wife have done the same thing. So if we had to go someplace and we say, you know we, we told our spouse, i have told each other that here's what we're going to be doing for the day or whatever the case might be, my plan's on the calendar, but something changed, something changed. as much as possible. I want to make sure my spouse knows about the change. imagine imagine God forbid something happens at some other place where you find yourself because you had a legitimate reason to go there and they're hearing, oh, guess what happened to your spouse? They're thinking, oh no, can't be. It cannot, just cannot be. Why? Because my spouse is not where they're saying he or she is. Oh yes. And now you begin to say, but that's not where they said to me. That's why I think it's so important, my friend, to keep as much as possible an updated calendar so that your spouse have a better chance to know your whereabouts and just can vouch for you. But not just that, but it keeps the relationship very trusting and updated and it's helpful. Now, have I been guilty of just, you know, taking things up on my own and doing things and not report, not kind of share? Yes, I have. My wife, yes, she have. But my friend, that's why I say as much as possible, as much as possible, Do those things. Now, these nine tips that I've just shared with you, I believe if you can start with any with these, I believe it could really help your relationship, your marriage, and could really help you to build a happier marriage that you've always wanted. And you always wanted. So my question now is this which of these tips have you do you think you need to to work on in your relationship, you and your spouse? I would love to hear from you. Let me know which of these tips resonated the most with you and how you're seeking, which of these are you, you're going to be working on. So you can reach out to me through my, you know, to podcast at kingslegrant.com, podcast at kingslegrant.com, or on my social media. When you see this post anywhere on social media, comment, um, give me your feedback, give me your question. Tell me which of these nine tips resonated the most with you and how you're going to put that into your, your own marriage. My friend, I believe that when you start to do that, you'll begin to experience what, is ha- what happens in a happier nation where happier marriages exist. So join us in Happier Nation by doing these things and become one more happier marriage that we can add to the list of in our Happier Nation community. Okay? So my friend, thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time. Please share this episode with someone. And also, wherever you're listening to this podcast— if, it's, if you can, please leave a review. You know, give me a shout out. Show this show, give this show some love. Let me know that this is helpful and really is resonating with you. I would love to hear from you, and I'm looking forward to doing just that. So, my friend, with that said, from I want to just say to you, thank you again, and God bless you. God bless your marriage. God bless you to become a, have a happier marriage, and may all the things that we talked about today, with God's help, you will implement, okay? With that said, my friend, peace out, God bless, and I'll see you on the flip side.